Hi, my name's Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. And welcome to the Creative Writers Tool Belt. This is episode 107. And in this episode, I want to deal with a very topical subject that I've seen mentioned in the media a lot recently, and that is the issue of fake news. Now, fake news is nothing new, but it has become more of a thing recently with the proliferation of social media and its alleged use as a tool in international cyber warfare. Now, that's all very exciting, but I have a rather more prosaic reason for looking at this issue, and that is that fake news and false information is quite toxic for our writing. And I want to tell you why that is the case. And I want to make some suggestions about how we can avoid it. First of all, a quick shout out to those of you who have investigated or indeed bought a copy of my recently published book, The Creative Writer's Toolbelt Handbook. Thank you for your support. I really hope that the book has been useful to you and you've enjoyed reading it. If you've bought it or indeed have read a copy by whatever means, can I ask a big favour of you, please? Can you go to Amazon and look up the Creative Writer's Toolbelt Handbook there and write a brief review for the book? I would be very grateful if you've done that. You don't have to have bought the book through Amazon. If you could take just three or four minutes out and do that, that would be great. Thank you very much. So let's get to the subject of this episode, which, as I said, is the issue of fake news and why we writers need to be able to identify and avoid fake news and false information wherever we can. But we'll start with some definitions. So according to Wikipedia, fake news is a type of yellow journalism or propaganda that consists of deliberate misinformation or hoaxes spread via traditional print or broadcast news media or online, mainly through social media. Now, in this definition, they've used the term yellow journalism, which I'd not heard before. It's an old term from the turn of the 20th century that referred to a type of news story that comprised little or no well-researched news and was instead designed just to give an eye-catching headline and sell more papers. And we should note that this kind of intentionally misleading and deceptive fake news is different from obvious satire or parody, where the intention really is to say something that everybody knows is distorted, but just in a humorous way. But now, of course, the problem has spread to social media and the problem's compounded by the increased incidence of clickbait. And clickbait does, in fact, spread false information and fake news. So while we're doing definitions, you might or might not have heard of the phrase clickbait before. So clickbait is a term used to describe web content designed to get users to click on a certain page. Clickbait headlines typically aim to exploit the curiosity gap by providing just enough information to make readers curious, but not enough to satisfy their curiosity without clicking through the linked content. You have probably seen some instances of clickbait, even if you've never heard the phrase before. So for example, anything that you see on the internet that says things like, you'll be astonished to see what, and you can insert a celebrity's name here, looks like now, or these three life hacks will make you healthier and wealthier, or another favorite is what he or she did next blew my mind, and other such nonsense. Now we've all done this, you click on that link, and then you are bombarded with a barrage of slightly rubbishy adverts, and it's practically impossible to see what the original issue was all about. Now, fake news, as well as being associated with clickbait, is probably worse than it because its originators are not just trying to get you to click on something. They're trying to get you to believe something in a way that suits them and their agenda, regardless of the truth. Fake news spreads an idea rather like a virus, and it will spread fast, especially 
if that idea or concept reinforces the worldview of whoever is on the receiving end of it. So, for example, if you like President Trump, you are more likely to pass on and endorse a piece of fake news that presents him in a good light. Equally, if you don't like President Trump, you are more likely to endorse and pass on a piece of fake news that casts him in a bad light. Now, what has this got to do with us as authors? Well, we should treat fake news as poisonous. And that's not just because we might feel any moral obligation to do so, or we're trying to just discover the truth for the sake of it, worthy though those reasons may be. The main reasons why we as writers need to identify and avoid fake news and false information is because we are trying to protect our own work from the corrosive effects of lies, mistakes and distortions. And the reason why this is a big deal is that if we get our research wrong or we present something false or untrue in our work, it's probable that most of our readers won't notice this, but some will. And they might then do two things. First of all, they might just stop reading our work and that's bad enough. But even worse, they might start to put others off by loudly talking to their friends and on social media about whatever it is that we've said that's wrong. And this is not just an issue for nonfiction writers, although good research, checking our sources and establishing the truth are obviously vital to factual non-fiction work. It's also really important for fiction writers as well who want to develop a credible setting or believable characters. The reality is if you are a reader and you are reading something, even a work of fiction, and you read something that you know is wrong, it is going to put you off reading the rest of that work. So to help us identify and avoid fake or false information, let's have a look at some examples. Now, some of these are the result of honest mistakes, some are the results of a prank, and some have a very deliberate and darker purpose. In my book, The Creative Writer's Tool Belt, I cite a couple of examples where careful research might have stopped some embarrassing moments. So in November 2012, Lord Leveson, a senior English judge, was embarrassed when he named a Brett Straub as one of the founders of the independent newspaper in his Leveson report, which was a major inquiry into the practices of the British media. Brett Straub's name had been added to the Wikipedia article on The Independent over a year before as a prank by one of Mr. Straub's friends. And he was not, in fact, a founder of the independent newspaper at all. Now, here's another example which shows us the importance of getting the latest information available. On October the 12th, 2012, the website space.com ran an article with the blazing headline, Discovery, Earth-sized alien planet at Alpha Centauri is closest ever seen. The story was that astronomers had detected an exoplanet like our own Earth orbiting around Alpha Centauri B. Now, if I were writing a story on that subject and had just looked at that article for my research, I would have taken no account of subsequent articles, of which there were many, which stated that scientists now believe that that planet doesn't exist. Let's take a more recent example. In 2016, an article appeared on the BBC website commenting on tributes for the actor Bob Hoskins that was suddenly appearing on Twitter, even though he had died two years previously. The confusion was probably caused by the fact that fans had reposted an article about him on the anniversary of his passing, and others had mistakenly assumed that this meant he had just died. Now, fraudulent stories and fake news are rife, but they really came into the focus during the 2016 US presidential election. And during that phase, there was one piece of fake news which claimed that Donald Trump was born in Pakistan. Not true. And another in the form of a viral post popularised on Facebook claiming that Pope Francis had endorsed Donald Trump. Also not true. And yet another that the actor Denzel Washington, and I quote, backs Trump in the most epic way possible. Also not true. 
And if you go on the web, you can find numerous examples of where fake news has been used to confuse people, bemuse people, and deliberately pervert what people think. So how do we avoid fakery? Well, as authors, we can tackle fake and false news by using the same strategies that we apply when we do research for our work. Now, our aim with all this, I think, is to identify the truth as best we can. By necessity, it can only be the truth at a certain point in time. So, for example, as I record this podcast, the official men's world marathon record is two hours, two minutes and 57 seconds. That is true at the moment. It might not be true in a year's time. It might not be true in 10 years time. It might not be true as you listen to this. Much of the advice for finding the truth is really what I'd call common sense. And I found a very good source of that advice in the form of an infographic from the International Federation of Library Associations and Institutions, which is quite a mouthful. Uh, Fortunately, they have a handy acronym. It's the IFLA. Now, I'll add a link to this infographic in the show notes, but the IFLA provides eight suggestions for how to spot fake news and false information. And these are... Number one, consider the source of information. Check out the source to see what its mission is. Might it be biased? Is it a reputable source that you can recognise? Is it an organisation with a political, religious or other agenda? Is it originating from a foreign source that might wish to influence the political process in your country? Is the source a site that is attempting to give itself credibility by mimicking another more reputable site? I've certainly seen examples of that. Number two, check the whole story. Does the entire story back up what the headline says? Number three, who's the author? Are they a credible person? Are they even a real person? Have you heard of them? Are they a journalist? What's their background? Number four, check the supporting sources if there are any. Do any supporting sources and links quoted support the story? Sometimes they're not, they don't even exist and sometimes they don't support the story that somebody's presenting. Number five, check the date. Is this an old story? It might not be fake news. It might just be out of date, as we saw with the exoplanet example. Number six, is it a joke? Some supposedly fake news can actually be anything from satire to an April Fool's joke. Number seven, and this one I think is particularly important, check your own biases. Does the story seem credible to you because it confirms your own biases? This is similar to the Donald Trump example that I cited earlier on. And finally, number eight, always check a story and particularly check a piece of information that you want to use in your own work in two or three or more different ways. Go to the sites that you trust online to check facts or try a different source of information like a first-hand account or you might even delight the International Federation of Library Associations and Institutions by visiting a library to check your information. So in conclusion, On the subject of fake and false news, the internet is, as so often the case, a blessing and a curse. Amazing opportunities have opened up for us writers to research and check all kinds of facts. But also on the internet and particularly on social media, it has become very easy for people to put material that is biased or untrue or placed there by people with a particular agenda. Now, we've looked at some practical steps that we can take to make sure our research gets to the truth and we can create work that readers can trust as well as enjoy. And I've boiled these down to three tips for you, and here they are. Number one, think about the source. Is this a reliable source of information? Does the source have something to gain from sharing this information, especially if you found it on social media? Number two, check the facts. Go to the links and sources of information. Get a second opinion, get a third opinion. Go to the sources that you trust and see if there is a basis to this claim. Are you convinced by the range of evidence, not just one story? 
Thirdly and finally, I would check my own reaction. Do I find myself believing this piece of information because it fits my own worldview? Does it challenge what I believe or does it endorse it? If it supports my worldview, I would be well advised to treat it with particular caution. So fake news and false information of any kind can undermine our own thinking and the content that we present to others. And most specifically for this podcast, it undermines the credibility of our work as writers. For that reason, as well as many others, we need to avoid it. So that's it for this episode. And today I have used the following sources, Wikipedia, bless them, and the International Federation of Library Associations and Institutions, the IFLA. I've also quoted from my own book, The Creative Writer's Tool Belt Handbook. And as I said earlier, if you have read that book, I would be very grateful if you could go along to Amazon and leave a review there for it. Thank you. So that's all for this episode. As ever, thank you for listening and goodbye.